following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome this morning. You'll have me as your teacher in this hour and in the next, as well as this evening, Lord willing. Uh, we'll see how far we get uh, in, uh, in our material this morning. I might use uh, more of it this evening, but uh, we'll see about that. We can also go back to the Gospel of Matthew and look at some of that. You know, I like to do expositional series of messages, and uh, that's what we'll be doing. We are doing in the Gospel of Matthew and also in uh, the book of Titus that we have begun just a few weeks ago, and we'll be visiting Titus uh, the next hour uh, in our preaching. But what I'd like to do is uh, go off of my normal uh, script here. I have told a couple of folks that I would deal with this issue uh, that is the title of my notes. You can see them on the website if you're there. I, I haven't printed them out for you that are here, but hopefully you can get those later if you're interested. They're a little bit of a work in progress or a big bit of a work in progress. And the topic today, the title is Critical Race Theory. Critical Race Theory. Uh, have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> oh, yes. How could you not? Right? Um, the basic truth that we're going to be getting across here is very simple. CRT, as it's called, critical race theory, is a false teaching. It is a false teaching, and it's impacting many in the church as well as, obviously, outside of the church. Now, there's hardly a need at the present time to justify that a Christian needs to think through this issue of, of CRT as it's abbreviated, or I'll throw in the word wokeness, and I'll define those terms later in this message or tonight if we get to it uh, this, this evening. But that mess of wokeness, CRT, all that stuff, it's currently all the rage. We need to evaluate it from a biblical standpoint and recognize the danger of this pre-planned assault, not only on our Christian values, but also on the liberties that we hold dear in the republic that we have uh, been in as a people for over 200 years. I knew it was past time to address the issue when I got these two questions through our website. Now, the first question, they just came together in one email. The first question doesn't really have to do with this issue, but uh, it was this. They asked this question, is Fellowship Bible Church affiliated with the New Apostolic Reformation, which has nothing to do with Reformed theology, by the way, um, and uh, then they put in parentheses what that meant to them was modern-day apostles and prophets and the seven-mountain mandate. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, I hadn't either, which told me that about everything I needed to know already because I had never heard it before, and I have been a Bible teacher and in Bible study for a long time, okay? Uh, how long now? <laughs> Seriously, for 25 years. So... Uh, the Seven Mountain Mandate, by the way, is a post-millennial, Pentecostal, and charismatic uh, dominion theology. Now, I just gave you a whole bunch of stuff. But basically, dominion theology, Christians are supposed to take dominion over the world and over its institutions, over the pillars of society, government, politics, education, economics, all those things, so that we can bring in the kingdom. So that's dominion theology with the goal of bringing in the kingdom, and then Christ will return after we have secured the kingdom 
on the earth. That's post-millennialism, which we do not hold by any stretch of the imagination. There is only one way that the kingdom, the millennial kingdom is going to be brought in, and that is if Christ invades the earth and sets it up. That's what Daniel teaches, right? It says there that the stone cut out of the mountain without hands will come and it will smash to bits all those other kingdoms and it will grow to become a huge mountain, that mountain uh, figure or metaphor referring to a worldwide, powerful, immovable kingdom. So that is the seven mountain mandate. And what are the seven mountains or the, the seven pillars of society? And I, did, I haven't memorized them, but... They're the things that I mentioned earlier, you know, economics, education, politics, those kinds of things. We, we're supposed to, they think, take those over and establish the kingdom on the earth, and then Christ will return. Um, but the second question was this, and uh, I, I'm not sure, maybe it's just because I haven't done a series or, or any kind of messages on this, but the question was this, is FBC a woke church. Are you a woke church? Do you espouse critical race theory? And I can answer that question very briefly. Absolutely not. FBC is not woke, and we reject CRT. Okay, So let's be very clear about that. We're going to look at that in these notes. First of all, I want to get across to you the idea that CRT is a false gospel. It's a false gospel. Critical race theory is the message that over the past several decades has been simmering underneath the surface, but you wouldn't have known that probably from our circles. But it has been going for quite a long time in academia. In the last several years, it has exploded to the forefront of the social conscience and it promotes itself in a general way as a message about how we need to make our nation better because, it is claimed, we have severe systemic racism. Now, who would support systemic racism? Who among us? Obviously nobody. God has taught us, as he is, not to be partial or to exercise favoritism. Who would support Systemic racism, nobody. The question is, of course, does it really exist as part of the premise of this whole system? Uh, but, uh, you know, no one would say that systemic racism is good, so it seems obvious that everybody should jump on the bandwagon of CRT, so the thought goes. And it's supposed to be make our society a better place. But CRT is a false doctrine based on false premises. It is not good news for how to fix society's problems. It cannot fix them. And, and if enacted, if it was enacted, it would only serve to increase the inequities and the economic hardships for all people. And so what I've done is just given a, a couple of pages in my notes over to a comparison, head-to-head -head comparison of CRT with biblical teaching. And by the end of this, what I'm going to end up saying, I think it's at the end of this section, is that... CRT is basically a reinvented version of what was called before, years past, liberation theology. You've heard perhaps of liberation theology, uh, and I'm not going to go into exactly all of that. That could be a whole other uh, critique and a whole other Sunday school lesson, but we, I think that's really the kind of the ultimate theological origin of it. Now, critical race theory teaches that sin 
it, the sin, the original sin of the world, the original sin of humanity, the original sin in America is racism and oppression. No consideration is given to uh, other sins or even greed as a motivation that is uh, inherent in that system that tries, that wants to take from those who have, to give it to those that have not, or to take from the oppressors, so to speak, and give it to the oppressed to actually flip the scale. Sin, that sin is basically racism. That's really the only sin that is seen by the system. But biblical teaching is that sin is any act, thought, uh, or omission that falls short of God's holy standard, including favoritism, partiality, and many other things. Now, store up your questions, okay? After I go through this for a little few minutes here, I'll ask you to give me some feedback so I can know how best to go and prepare myself for another time on this. Biblical teaching is that to solve the sin problem, we need righteousness from God. Critical race theory teaches that to solve the original sin of racism, you have to have a swap of power so that the oppressed become powerful and the powerful are made low. In fact, somewhere else in these notes, and I don't know if I'll be able to find it here in all these pages, um, is a quote that I can't find just now, but basically it's one of the espousers of this movement, Kendi who is saying that in order to solve discrimination, we have to discriminate. That's the only way to solve discrimination is to do anti, anti-discrimination, if you will, or reverse discrimination. <clears throat> Biblical teaching, everyone's a sinner in critical race theory. Some are oppressors and others are oppressed. The redeemed person in the Bible is a saved sinner, somebody who's been delivered from sin, but in critical race theory, the oppressed person is the one who needs uh, to be redeemed. And if somebody has been lifted up out of that oppressed condition, then they are redeemed. So redemption consists of being lifted up out of the oppressed condition. In biblical teaching, of course, God is at the center. In critical race theory, there is no God at the center of that system. There is no God at all mentioned. The gospel is the center of our system. CRT's center is the social gospel. Okay? What I'm doing here is I'm setting our teaching from the scriptures over against CRT, and I hope you're seeing at almost every point, at every point that I'm sharing, there's a, a diametric opposition. They cannot be the same message. Christian churches cannot embrace that false message. In biblical teaching, you need salvation. In CRT, you need wokeness. Wokeness is the new salvation. And uh, I won't go into a lengthy definition right now, but wokeness means not only to be aware of racial injustice, but it means to be actively opposing it. Okay, you with me so far? Yeah, so it's not enough to know that there are racist things going on, but you actually have to be involved in doing something about it. Otherwise, you're not woke. Otherwise, you're not with the system. You, are not, you don't have that, that salvation that the system uh, CRT is talking about. Biblical teaching gets to the very root of the problem. Sin, right? It deals with the nature of man, but 
CRT deals with a, a single surface problem, perhaps. And it really doesn't even do a good job of that. In biblical teaching, the uh, key doctrine of salvation, I would say, is substitution. Substitution. And CRT, it's not substitution, it's direct punishment for those who are perceived to be the oppressors, including the thievery of their goods. Okay? And that's where it then you know, gets into the whole Marxist-Communist element of it. Uh, biblical teaching focuses on a transformation of internal character, where CRT swaps positions between oppressor and oppressed. To be fair or to solve the problem of oppression, the oppressed need to rise up and become the ones that are in charge. In effect, true equality is not envisioned by the CRT system. Uh, Biblical justice is the focus of the Bible. Social justice, focused on the oppressed, is the focus of CRT. I'm about halfway through the list here, folks, so hang on. I know it's a lot, but... This came to me as I was just thinking about this subject, and I said, you know, I've got to share this and get this out, the the contrast between the Bible's gospel and the social critical race theory gospel. Uh, The biblical teaching is that government is an agent of God supposed to praise those who do well and to punish evildoers. That's Romans 13, okay? Um, And so even though we're not visiting specific texts, I I think you can see where all of these are coming right out of the text of Scripture that I'm using on the biblical side of the ledger. Government and CRT is basically, the way it's founded right now, is an enemy. Vigilantism is the solution to that, to overthrow the structure of government and to replace it with something entirely different that will meet their demands and ideas. In the Bible, God is the standard of right and wrong and truth. In critical race theory, shifting postmodern ideas are the standard. And what, what happens is somebody who is on that side of things calls foul. You know, they say, you're a racist. And there's nothing you can do to, to defend yourself or say otherwise or, or uh, ask them for proof or something like that they uh, are just on their own authority saying that God is not the standard. In the Bible, we wish, well, let me say it this way. In critical race theory, the focus is on cancel culture. That's one way they solve problems in culture. They cancel things, and they cancel sinners. Now, when I say sinners in this, under this heading, what am I talking about? Critical race theory sinners are not sinners that we think of. They are racists. Maybe they're just plain white people, uh, people that are not woke. Okay, And I think that would include some blacks who are not woke. Okay, Those ones who are called the Uncle Toms or whatever uh, of the system. In the Bible... We're more interested in canceling sin, okay? Just to play on words, not not cancel culture, but canceling sin in general. The Bible teaches us that we are to be good stewards of the blessings that God has given to us. But CRT, blessings are 
equated to privilege. You heard that term before? Blessings are equated with privilege that must be destroyed and transferred to others. The Bible teaches us that poverty is inevitable. Did you know that? You will always have the poor with you. That's the words of Jesus, not Matt Postiff's words. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean we aren't to do stuff to assist those who are poor. That's very clear in Scripture, especially, especially to those of the household of faith. But in CRT and related ideologies, poverty must be eliminated. And they do that supposedly by the Marxist element of the system, which is the redistribution of, of uh, wealth, of product, the means of production being taken over by the government and so on. All those systems do, of course, is redistribute poverty. You've heard that statement before, perhaps. They redistribute poverty. They don't redistribute wealth. In the Bible, salvation and God's work is focused on the concept of grace. Is there grace in CRT? Hatred and vengeance are the basis of that system. Okay? In the Bible, we focus on interpersonal reconciliation in CRT. Never-ending interpersonal conflict, class warfare, okay? Uh, the scriptures very centered on Christ as Lord and Savior, whereas liberation, uh, it's, it's critical race theory is centered on liberation instead of salvation or Savior uh, theology. It's this is liberation theology all over again, I said. Here it is right here. Kendi says, well, this is a different phrase, uh, idea. Kendi, Abraham Kendi says, Savior theology is the problem, not the solution. This is because he has a skewed view of what sa Savior theology is. In his mind, Savior theology is that theology which drove people, white people, to be colonists of other nations in which he has a total misunderstanding of real Bible theology and perhaps even of the motivation of some of those colonizers who went thinking they were helping people by sharing the gospel. But also there were many of them who were not out for Christian reasons at all. What were they out for? <laughs> what does everybody who gets into trade want to get? An extra buck, right? So he's conglomerated all those things together in his mind and he criticizes Savior theology, which is Christian theology, uh, and he especially equates that with the view of Southern uh, plantation owners who used religion to justify slavery. Now, if I could just invite Thurman Hunter to the pulpit at this point, he would just blow up with all kinds of things on how that's ridiculous, this idea that, that uh, you could use the Bible to justify chattel slavery, idiocy. But they did. Um, okay, where are we at? The scriptures talk about reconciliation with God, not only interpersonal reconciliation, but in CRT there is no God, and in reconciliation is class-based. Your class has to be reconciled with another class. Ultimately, in the Bible, the problem resides in the individual because of the sin nature. 
Government is simply a collection of such sinners who have... See, government is a dangerous thing. It's a collection of sinners who have power. That's dangerous. That's why it has to be limited. In CRT, the ultimate problem resides not in the individual because individuals probably are seen to be, at least not white ones, are seen to be mostly good. But the problem resides mostly in the structures of society like government, corporations, property ownership, and those things. Those need to be undone to create a fair playing field. Uh, For the CRT system to be woke means to be aware and active against racism and other injustices. In the Bible, we are to awake to righteousness. Awake to righteousness, Paul calls. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The Lord is about to return. We need to awake to righteousness. We must repent of our sin and believe and live for God. Lastly, CRT offers no solution for the problem in the heart of sin. It is at best a bandage, and because it does not acknowledge the truth of Scripture, it's destined to fail. It's destined to fail. It's totally opposite of biblical theology. The Bible, in the Bible, we recognize the sin of hatred resides in every human heart. The sin of hatred and every other sin resides in the human heart. Why do I say hatred? The the sense that I've gotten over the last four, five, six years now in our society is that the hate meter has gone from, you know, somewhere down here to almost pegged over to the red. Hatred is is a pandemic, okay? Forget about COVID. Hatred is a real problem. The the hatred expressed in politics toward individuals, toward classes, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's unreal. And that hatred is part of this system. You, you, CRT kind of encourages that hatred of class against class. And the reason they want to do that, strategic, because they want to cause division in society because why? A house divided cannot stand, okay? A house divided cannot stand. And so they want to destroy from within so that they can rebuild and supposed, supposedly destruction is a way of creation. But I don't see that happening in downtown Portland, for example. There is no creation happening there. It's, mere, it's a mess. It's a destructive mess. So the sin of hatred resides in every human heart and nothing short of a supernatural regeneration will bring about the spiritual transformation that is necessary for us to see that hatred be attenuated, to be weakened, okay? Now, the topic here is so hot right now, and people have heard a lot about it and might wonder the Christian teaching on some aspect of it, or if you're like me for months looking at this thinking, what is really going on here? You know, what is this? It's just kind of confusing. Like, why is everybody so worked up? Let's fix the problems we can fix, Let's take an incremental approach step by step and get things fixed. But the reality is they don't want to do that. They want to turn the, the system upside down and create a communist kind of system, which, by the way, you should not have any desire for whatsoever. As a Christian, why? 
because two of the main tenets of communism are atheism and persecution of Christians. That's just the reality. Besides all the political issues and besides the fact that communism has killed over 100 million people in the last century, but that's never taught about. Nobody knows about that. Uh, it's a shame. It should be known. should be well known. Why do we want to go that route? But in any case, general society believes that Christians should just fold into this agenda. I mean, Christians love their neighbors, right? There's no hate here. We should, uh, we should love everybody and just fall in with the program for CRT. But that's not a surprise if they don't understand the damage that CRT does to the gospel. Critical race theory is a false gospel. It is a false good news. It doesn't solve anything. Just another one of the world's machinations to implement its own devious plans. So let me ask you, do you have any questions at this point? Uh, or you know, something like, I heard about this. Would you talk about this or you know, work on that sometime to uh, help us to understand it? I would like to have your input, anything at all. Don't be shy. You cannot ask a bad question here. John. Uh, comment, comment is fine, too. Did I understate? <laughs> okay. I, I just want to say that, you know, original sin, I thought you, having read things that I've been at the links of school, I, I think you were exactly spot on. I, I think five years ago I would have assumed you were freaking out, <laughs> if I can be honest with you. Um, Do I look like a wild-eyed freak? <laughs> I've done a little bit of reading on it. I actually have a stack of books like this that I'm still working on. But uh, I know that some of you are having to deal with CRT, wokeness, and all of that stuff, not only in the university as a student, but also in the university as an employee in uh, DEI training, diversity, equity, inclusion training, right? Uh, so Christians are having to deal with this. And thus, the question that inspired this from the beginning. This question came to me over a month ago. Is FBC a woke church? Uh, is important because we need to think through these issues and how we're going to respond to them. This is going to be used as a, a doorway or a lever of persecution against Christians. Okay, So we have to be at least aware of it to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, we hope. We train ourselves that way, but we do have to be wise about it. So I'm, I'm happy to know that I have not overstated the case. I want to be corrected if I have overstated the case, but our brother is suggesting that uh, it seems that I'm fairly accurate with it. Who else has a comment or a question? Ben? I know, Ben, you've thought about this issue quite a bit. Number 11 there, Dwayne. Oh, I didn't see your hand raised. Okay, sorry. Thank you, Ben. 
let's bring that uh, Dwayne up to. There you go. Up to uh, Randy here. Do you believe that the CRT is in any way infiltrating uh, Reformed Christianity? Uh, the question is, do I believe, well, most all of you heard it, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm used to repeating the question. So is it, is, it, uh, is it infiltrating Reformed Christianity? Well, uh, let me answer this way. I was speaking with one of our brothers this morning about a very well-known organization that considers itself to be Reformed in its theology, and uh, I have seen uh, disturbing indications that the answer to that question is yes, that um, there is an infiltration of this into uh, some Reformed circles. The, 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 what it does is it it gloms onto or becomes connected to the social gospel impetus in some of these churches that is interested in social justice. So uh, I'll give you an example that I, I heard of uh, through reading posts on Twitter. Not that that's the source of all theological truth or whatever, but the, it's, I, I know for, for a fact that a person who is very involved in this community when COVID lockdowns were currently active, had their church closed, but they marched with a BLM march on the streets to show solidarity with that movement. Now, I think there are, how can I say, less than, go back to what John said, less than those kind of wild-eyed uh, ideas about why that person did that. I think there are a lot of people who are totally confused about this matter. Let me uh, actually part, part to answer that question. Go to, uh, let's see, where else do I have? Um, Pastor, is it safe to say sometimes that those who don't march in solidarity, uh, some that do, is because they don't want to be... Um, charged with, well, if you're not with us, then you must be against us as well. Yeah, so uh, I think that's right, Dwayne. There is a fear of man that is part of this, that to, to what I think your point is, is saying, well, if you're not actively involved, you're not woke enough, then you're not going to be popular or you're not going to be accepted. You're going to be thought to be and, and this is part of the problem with the woke movement. The woke movement says, if you are not active like we are, then you're an enemy. You're either an oppressor or you're woke. And there's no room for middle ground of somebody like myself who says, look, I recognize that there are racist things that happen, okay? And there are oppressive people and there are sinners and all of that. But I also recognize some other things that I cannot be associated with this movement because it is a false gospel kind of movement. So in a sense, I want to say, like, leave us alone. Just let us live. You, you can't demand that we're either in this category or in this category. That's a, that's a false dilemma 
there are other categories of people. Uh, let me mention uh, this. One of my points that I've, I want to be very clear about, I've got maybe seven or eight of these, is this. The organization Black Lives Matter, which is part of this whole conglomeration, is not the same as the obviously true statement that black people's lives do matter equally with everybody else. The organization is a radical pro-Marxist group which has been involved in demonstrations and riots throughout the United States because that's the way they believe best to accomplish what they want. And so when you walk with a BLM march, like this illustration that I gave a few minutes ago, you could easily, and I think, what's the word? We should be charitable toward people who do this who are in the Christian camp if they don't fully understand what they're doing. like Give them some more information and give them some time to, to figure out what's going on, but if they're supporting that organization because they really believe the, the statement that black people's lives do matter equally with everyone else's lives and we should support that, then that's fine. That's okay. That's an understandable motivation. But it, then they're getting themselves mixed up into the whole Marxist mess of the thing. And so I think it would be better to do like what I'm doing here, which is to make the affirmations that are true and hold yourself back from getting involved in the movement that's connected with all kinds of other negative and sinful things. Okay, So uh, let me see if I have... Um, I think the answer to the first question, uh, is it infiltrating Reformed Christianity? In some circles, it is. In others, no, uh, I wouldn't be able to say that it is. So, um, and then Dwayne makes a very good point in his other question. Anybody else have a comment or question? Now, Ben. Just a follow-up. Um, I think this is really important that you're bringing this up because... Randy, yes, it is infiltrating Reformed churches. And uh, Body Bacham's Fault Lines book um, gives some very good details on some cases where this is happening. Like, it's majorly crept into the Southern Baptist Convention. We aren't Southern Baptists, but we agree with them on a lot of doctrine and stuff. And, you know, just among my you know, Christian friends and acquaintances, I've seen some sad cases where the leaven of CRT has crept into their lives in ways they don't, they don't realize what it really is and they accept certain things of it that sound good. And uh, while a true believer will not be diverted from believing the gospel, uh, this leaven can harm us in other ways. Uh, one particular danger I worry about, you know, it says in Galatians, there's, you know, we're all one in Christ. There's neither male nor female, Greek nor Jew, and you could add other categories, black and white. And CRT denies, flat out denies that is true. Um, CRT claims that the races are incompatible they will always have conflict, and you can only solve the conflict by changing 
the authority structure to reduce oppression. And that is a dangerous doctrine that could harm the unity of the church. So we need to be vigilant. We need to remember we're all one in Christ. There is only one race with a, a beautiful spectrum of shades, and uh, we're all created in God's image. And, and uh, we need to bring this wonderful truth of unity um, to the world that they can have in Christ, not in CRT. Ben, thank you for that very much. You have another one, Dwayne? And I can say that educating myself and reading on those things that, and you brought up a lot of things today, um, that has caused me to go back and retract some of the things that I've said to, you know, amongst a lot of my colleagues in private rooms on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because I'm, go I'm going, hey, you know what? The bottom line is I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. I don't want to be involved in trying to pick sides and say, well, I don't trust that person. I don't trust that person because I have great relationships with a lot of my white brothers, if you want to say that. Mm -hmm. And I just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. So what you've done, you're ex exhibiting the growth that you've had from the beginning of this when it came out to now where, you know, it was a bit of a foggy situation. Like, how do you, you know, what is this? Why is this so so hot right now? Why is it uh, everywhere? And uh, until now when you can stop and think and, and, you know, get your bearings and figure out, okay, there's something, there's some very serious things wrong with this, with this doctrine. Let me also, as we close just for a couple minutes, give a couple of other statements of uh, clarity. Number one, racism exists because sin exists. Racism is one expression of sin. It's a form of hatred and partiality, opposite of love and compassion for one's neighbor. Okay? Secondly, not every white person is a racist. Not every person is a racist. To make such a blanket accusation is itself a sin. That is, to say all of this class of people are bad is a sin. Some white people are racists to be sure, and that's a sin. And if I see one of them, or that's sense that in some of us, I will call it out. It must be called out. It's sin, it's wickedness. But also some black people are racist too. Not everybody, however, displays depravity in this way. Okay, so hang with me here. The doctrine of depravity is much bigger than racism. Okay, CRT, racism is kind of the sin. Biblical theology, depravity expresses itself in all kinds of ways, not just race. Sexuality, gender issues that are so hot today, uh, greed, hatred, anger, all kinds of things. Depravity expresses itself in so many ways, dozens of ways, and many ways in which it's not displayed, but it's hidden. Remember the scripture says, some men's sins are evident, going before them to judgment. Others are hidden, but they will be revealed. Now, there do also, this is third on my list, there do also happen egregious incidents that are racist in nature. Okay, Nobody ought to deny that. There are other incidents, however, that may appear to be racist upon a cursory glance because... One party involved in it was black, and one party involved in it was white. 
So immediately, what is the narrative going to be? There's some race thing involved. But other explanations should be explored before coming to a final judgment. You must hear the matter before answering the matter. Proverbs 18.13. You with me? Okay. Don't jump to conclusions, in other words. Number four, and I think I'll stop with this one. Some inequalities exist because of poor choices of a person who is not in power. Okay? I'll say it this way. Some inequalities exist because of poor choices of a person who is low, we'll say. Okay? Other inequalities exist because of devious behavior by people in power. Other inequalities arise because of natural disasters that are not the fault of any particular person or group. Okay, I'm just giving three examples of behavior or things that lead to consequences. We cannot say that all people who are here or here or here are there because of the oppression of somebody else. They might be here because there was a hurricane. Okay? Uh, you can't you know, attribute that to race or even climate. Okay, don't get me started there. Um, but crime exists, for example, and is supposed to be punished evenly, regardless of whether the person who commits the crime is poor or rich. If somebody chooses to live a life of crime and then they get some consequences for that, there should be no surprise about those consequences, and there should be no complaint about them, as long as they are evenly distributed or fairly distributed, okay? We must make sure that's the case. If there are people who are in prison because of the color of their skin when somebody who did something, the same thing, and a different color of skin is out or had less time, then something's wrong with the system, Okay? needs to change. That is clear. All right. So I'm going to stop there with some of those statements. We'll come in and touch some more of those uh, maybe tonight as God wills. Okay. Feel free to send me other questions to uh, write into the church website if you're online and watching or write my email if you have that, uh, anything that you'd like me to cover uh, on this. But don't bother trying to convince me that CRT is a biblical doctrine. I'm, I'm too hard-hearted for that now. Uh, I've, I've figured that out, and uh, we're beyond that question. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to be wise, to be thoughtful as we think about these matters. And it's sad that we have to talk about these things, but in so much as you've assigned me the role that we will read about this morning in Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 16, it's my job to stop the mouths of those who are false teachers and to correct us ourselves in the church when we go astray or begin to be um, seduced by false doctrine. And so, Lord, I pray that we will be solid, that you will help us to be biblical, you help us to be kind and loving and uh, concerned for our neighbors, but also concerned for the honor and glory of God. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.